We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. It is my extreme good fortune to be your host for this audio affair. This is when you hear me traditionally introduce you to my good friend and yours, D2, Dolomite Dave Martinez. But you know summer schedules, you know the summer holiday season. Oftentimes, synchronizing schedules, way too challenging. Such was the case for us. So I have to go solo this time. Wish me well. Do not despair, though. Dolomite Dave will be back in an episode forthcoming. He has not departed. He just will not be part of this very important episode, perfectly timed. Give you a preview of what we're doing today. It's the annual version, what we refer to as getting started, staying strong, and sticking with it. We do this every year as we update the information, and we do not hesitate sharing it as soon as we have it all cobbled together. It makes perfect sense as we go into the back half of the year. Of course, kudos to everyone going into this second half with whether it is on Saturday or Sunday over the July 4th holiday weekend or virtually, you now have an AJC Peachtree Road Race finish or another finish in that event on your belt. Well done. Way to get that notch. And then, of course, we know temperatures and humidity, they will rise as we head into the middle part of this month, as we get into August and those dog days. We know that schedules will get increasingly complex as school renews and commences for many of you. We know that the back half of the year will continue to throw us some of the unexpected, even un- predictable, but what we must commit to, what we say when we provide you our mission to grow, to support, to enhance the pedestrian active lifestyle in and around Atlanta, we mean that to be a lifestyle. And we have certain evidence, heck, D2 and I now, evidence that it can indeed be a lifestyle. Decades of experience and enjoyment in this lifestyle, we want that for all of you. And that is why we share this information. We're gonna do so commercial free on this episode. The audience twofold, heck, it may be you, whether it's in the first half of 2021 or the last couple of years, you have returned to or commenced for the first time a fitness routine and you know it makes a difference. You're already realizing the benefits of such and you want, and we do too, for you to keep it up. Or it's possible you're that person always seeking improvement. Personal growth is your thing. Ways to get better. And there is going to be information that yes, you too will benefit from hearing and with sharing it for others who feel the same way you do. Growth is constant. It is always happening. It is a conscious decision that you make. Let's get started. Here we go. We always start with what we just simply say is 
the right fit. The right fit, how to properly fit yourself for the best pair of shoes for you. It's no surprise the three-step award-winning fit process at Big Peach is also the guidance that we would give you, whether you're ever in one of our stores or not, as to how to get fit by yourself or with others, with professionals, or perhaps just making it up as you go with these guardrails and green lights to ensure that you know what to be mindful of, what to consider. First of all, foot shape. And here's what you already know. Every foot shape could be different. And even those who care the most about you, they have feet that are shaped differently than yours. It might be arch profile, lofty, or more collapsed. It may be how broad or narrow your feet are. It may be a bunion or some other calcification that requires an accommodation from any pair of shoes that you put on, especially those athletic shoes that you're using for activities like walking and running and exercise. So foot shape, it matters. The real expertise at a place like Big Peach isn't so much assessing your foot. You can do that by yourself. You can look down. There's plenty of information online. It's matching what we come to know, what you can see and even explain with the different characteristics of the shoes that are out there and available for your consideration, how they're engineered, the foot shape that that respective model intends to service and ultimately oftentimes seems to accommodate best. That's where you get that perfect connection, your respective foot shape and a shoe that is designed almost as if it was your foot that was the model for the last in that shoe when it was constructed. Secondly, gait cycle tendencies. Different people come through their running, their walking gait differently. Is there as wide a variety as what there are as foot shapes? No, there are not. Some of you perhaps have heard the term pronation. Whether you have or not matters not. I'm going to give you the definition. Whether you remember it or not matters not. It's simply what is required to get from a fully planted position into that mid stance, up onto your toes, so you can launch into that next step. When we're looking at this inside our stores, sometimes we'll take video. Obviously, friends can eyeball it. There are apps that we use to videotape it so we can play it back, review it with you. You can do the same, of course, if somebody else takes that video, if you know what you're looking for. Again, all we're looking for from that fully planted position as you touch down and make that way to the point where you launch into the next step. We're not looking at how your feet or legs are behaving when they're suspended in midair. We're not even looking at how you land. All walkers, most runners come down heel to midfoot first. Again, fully planted to push off to the next step. Different shoes, specifically the midsoles, the middle part of an athletic shoe, a running or walking shoe designed for different possibilities. It's possible that you're very efficient, just naturally. It's also possible you tend to lean in a little bit or perhaps fall outward a little bit. And different shoes are designed to accommodate or perhaps to slightly alter those tendencies to reduce the amount of stress that would otherwise be placed on the lower part of your body. When is it that we would not just assess this, but perhaps reassess this? Those of you significant weight loss or gain, yes, you've not been assessed, you should be, but also when these occurrences happen, get assessed again. For women, after giving birth, awesome time to get reassessed. 
a lower body injury, something maybe as simple yet painful as a sprained ankle, certainly something like hip or knee surgery, get reassessed. We change, our bodies change. And what gets thrown at us and just what happens naturally may suggest that the type of shoe that we're in, it too could change. And then lastly, most importantly, what we refer to as perfect fit, proper feel and a ridiculously good ride. This is simply trying the shoes on, using them the way you intend to. This is where you want to look more forward to putting the shoe on than taking it off, where that forefoot has to be fit, not just comfortably, but perfectly, where the heel has to hold, not just tightly, but without any movement, where whether it's like a slipper or something that feels super contoured and almost a part naturally of your foot, there is many way to describe the perfect fit. As many as those who would try shoes on inside our store or ones you pull out of your closet. You are the authority. You are the expert. And when you can say, man, this is the perfect fit. This feels so good. And when we say ridiculously good ride, as you start to use it the way you had planned to use it, makes it feel smooth and sweet. That, my friends, is the shoe for you. Oftentimes, we awful, oftentimes hear, well, is this the right shoe this time? And will it be the right shoe next time? As most of you know, manufacturers are changing. Each model, they're introducing new models every 12 to 18 months. And sometimes, many of you perhaps have had the frustration. It's like, oh my goodness, they changed my model again and this time it just doesn't work i've used it the last three or four versions and now this one just doesn't feel the same man whoa to me because i'm going to have to find something else but also understand we change i mentioned it earlier as human beings we also change it's possible the shoe is designed or engineered almost identically to what the previous version was but somehow we've changed and it just doesn't fit or feel as good but regardless here's what you need to know this time when you're looking for that perfect shoe you're going to know more after a few weeks than you will after a few minutes i'm not suggesting you're going to need to return shoes it's why our return policy at big peach running company is as liberal as it is you can only test it out so much inside our stores we let you take it outside we certainly let you put it on firm surfaces we let you use the treadmill in our stores if that's a way you tend to exercise whatever it takes to allow us to give you the best reflection of how you'll use it is our intent while we're together at the same time again you're going to know a lot more after you've used it the way you intend to for a considerable amount of time to say yes it just keeps getting better the other thing that we'll talk about when it's this time is it the right shoe for you keep this in mind if the shoe is one that you put on and kind of forget about, that's a good thing. We want it to impress to start with. And then we just kind of want it to be something that is a natural part of your equipment. When that occurs, man, you have found that shoe for you. Four to 500 miles is that 
warranty period for a pair of shoes. And when you don't have to think about it anymore, you're in that sweet spot of using that midsole in a way that you are getting everything you wanted when you made that investment. What about next time? How do you know, is it the right shoe next time? Here's the question that I would ask you. Is there anything you would change? For those who have forgotten what it was like to put on that shoe and they just go about their fitness routine and the commitment is there, and the consistency is there, they'll oftentimes look maybe even off into the distance and think, I guess not, because I've not thought about it. But yet there are also many of you who have way too much experience of just accepting that, man, I wish I had a little more of this, or I wish I had less of this feel, or there is something that you would change. So for the next time, be mindful of that. Be very specific about it, whether to yourself in the mirror or to someone at Big Peach or someone somewhere else who can be of assistance. The question, is there anything you would change? And if the answer is yes, specify what that is. And then go to work on finding that shoe that the next time ensures that that change is made. So what about what we call simply beyond footwear? Are there any other items that are worth considering? Absolutely. We're going to touch on just a couple of them. First of all, socks. There is no better compliment to your footwear. There is no way to negate or perhaps disrupt the value and the enjoyment of your footwear more than socks. You may have heard the expression, cotton is rotten. That is not an ingredient, ingredient that you want in your socks. And cool, for us, just like when we comb the aisles of a grocery store, the ingredients in a sock are on the packaging, just like you would find on almost anything you would pull off the grocery store shelf. You want to see materials like lycra and spandex and polyester and maybe wool or those materials, oftentimes synthetic, that what they do is they pull moisture off of your feet, whether it's from dampness or perspiration, and they serve as a transfer agent to get that moisture off your foot and to that top part of your shoe, what we refer to as the upper, woven of materials that are very quick drying and allow that moisture to come off the foot to the top of the shoe so they can evaporate very quickly. Cotton is rotten. If it says even a small percentage of cotton is in the product that you're looking at considering, put it back and find something else. Whether it is just over the ankle, whether it is mid-calf, whether it is all the way up to the knee, whether it is compression, all of those are fine and certainly have different roles where trail running may be different than if you're using your socks and shoes on the treadmill, where compression may have utility. If you're doing endurance activities or you're pushing yourself to a number of moments or miles that you've not achieved before, but make sure you know the ingredients, make sure you know the role that you want and need your sock to play. What about inserts? The other consideration as it relates to what goes inside your shoe. We could pull that piece of the shoe out. We call it the sock liner, the footbed. And the primary role of that product is just to simply separate your foot from the stitches on top of the last. And it does a great job of that. 
But the cushioning, no matter how soft that sock liner is, make no mistake, the cushioning is from the midsole. The part that you can't really see unless you take a bandsaw and cut your shoe in half. That's where the airbags, the gel packs, the other proprietary materials are in the midsole. That's what's keeping the impact from otherwise coming into the body, not the sock liner. The sock liner helps the shoe fit better and certainly is going to separate your foot from those stitches that you'll see that helps keep the shoe together. But then people will say, well, then I must need an insert. And here's where we would say, not so fast. And the reason that we say that is, if you have taken your foot shape into account, if you are in a shoe that complements your respective gait cycle, and if you don't have a history of some discomfort or chronic condition, then what we would want to do through your fitting, through our good fortune of working with you to find the perfect fit, is to ensure that we save you from that incremental weight that would go inside the shoe, from the incremental cost that would go to your purchase. Yes, we believe in inserts. I'm going to give you the reasons why and when they can make sense. But if you have no underlying reason for it and you've been fit properly, it is not our belief that everyone needs to go out with an insert as well. So when does it make sense? Certainly for someone, if they've had a custom product that has been created for them by an orthopedic or a podiatrist or a pedorthist, and it was for something that now it's at bay, it feels better. My goodness, keep using it. If you're seeing someone because you're suffering from, it could be plantar fasciitis or Achilles tendonitis or a knee challenge that just won't go away. And your podiatrist has recommended a custom product. Our belief is give it a shot if the alternative is not doing what you want to do, what we would say you need to do in order to make this a lifestyle. And the over-the-counter products, we are so proud of our manufacturing partners who produce these products. Instead of going to that fully custom product, now there's a way to elevate the heel, to keep the arch in a stable position, to bring someone into a fully aligned position on both the left and the right side. And again, if there is a challenge or there's something you know you need to be mindful of, or you have a shoe that you've always loved and it feels pretty good, but just a little more arch support would be great. Now you've given a reason for an insert purchase and insertion inside that shoe. And our coaching would be yes, alongside that perfect shoe, alongside that highly qualified and technical sock is an insert makes sense for you. Next, and I'm not going to pretend to be the authority on sports bras. I'm simply going to make this statement. Women, this is as critical as your shoes. You should be fit professionally. There are two terms I'm going to give you right now to take into account. Compression and encapsulation. It's going to have to do with the band size and the cup size, not just the standard measurements that you would use perhaps for support tops or sports bras, but how it fits so you can perform the activities you intend to. Running, walking, they would be considered more high intensity. So ensuring that you're getting the compression and the encapsulation that you need requires that you are fit and sized 
properly. There's some great information out there online. Obviously, in all of our stores, we have those who are capable with you there to fit you professionally. Take it seriously. It matters for your health and for your enjoyment of the pedestrian active lifestyle. This is what I would call alongside that attire basics. There are so many things we could tell you and so many cool things that are happening in and around the world of athletic apparel. First of all, the materials, just like socks, they matter. Synthetic materials work best. They're going to, in cooler months, keep you warm without keeping all of the moisture or perspiration inside and rubbing against your skin or creating an environment inside your garments that is somewhere between uncomfortable and dangerous. There are terms that you'll see flatlock, stitching, convenient storage, media, ready, seamless. These are all features of different garments and may make sense. Again, information is available online, certainly in our stores. We're not going to tell you, you need a seamless. You need convenient storage. You need something for your media, your phone. You know what benefits you need. It is out there. Describing what you want your apparel to do, knowing that is the most important factor to ensure that that is exactly what you get. Some are going to rightfully want this to play double duty. The term athleisure was born out of that double duty that is, while I'm exercising, this is a chosen garment. While I am in leisure, this is a chosen garment. Know what it is that you want and then be relentless in your pursuit of getting it. Certainly, we would love the opportunity to find it for you. But most importantly, when we think about what ensures someone sticks with this fitness routine that we're all for, having something to put on from head to toe that just works, that feels so good, is a big part of that, and we understand it. So here's what we do after we talk about attire. The phrase is locker room talk. Some of you immediately like, oh my goodness, I can kind of get a sense of what that means if I think back in my own memory, but how could locker room talk have application to this conversation? Here's what we'll tell you twofold. One, friction is the enemy. Friction is the enemy in locker room talk. We talk for footwear, impact is the enemy. We got to keep all that impact. Three times your body weight upon touchdown, equal to your body weight upon push off. We have got to keep that impact controlled. Now with everything else, friction is the enemy. And there are products perfect for locker room talk like body glide, butt butter, nip guards, that their primary purpose. There are parts of your body rubbing with other parts of your body or with garments even made of the smoothest, most synthetic and technical materials that creates irritation where friction takes over and does everything from leaving an indication that you are exercising to putting blisters and worse in places you do not want them. The second thing I'll say beyond friction being the enemy is simply this. There is 
I would bet nothing, there is nothing that you are experiencing that is novel, meaning that you are the first one to experience that. I know it might be kind of embarrassing to walk in to a place like Big Peach and say, I've got some irritation on this part of my body, or I think this is rubbing. I wish it wasn't. But that's okay. We have bunt through it all. And we can only be of service. You can only know what the solution might be if you're willing to put that information forward. Once you do, I can tell you, we're not going to think any less of you. Your keyword searching is not going to fall apart. So if there's something that is irritating, something that could make it better, then find out what could work and give it a shot. Because again, and as we transition to staying strong and sticking with it, these are the things that need to be eliminated. And this lifestyle would not be as popular as it is if there were not ways to do just that and get those irritations off the table. All right, let's talk a little bit about staying strong and sticking with it, especially for those of you who are like, man, I am inconsistent. Or you know someone who is not as consistent as he or she would like to be. The likelihood that this is the challenge is significant. Schedule first. Schedule first. Here's the thing that we know. Whether it's us as individuals or whether it's those who might come to mind as we have this conversation about schedules and about ensuring enough time week in and week out to get the proper amount of exercise, perhaps deemed by you as the proper amount or deemed by some other authority. We make the statement with the Peachtree Road Race now recently in the rear view, there were many who said, I'm going to do the Peachtree Road Race this year. This was their intention, perhaps as early as when we launched into 2021. Intentions are not what established consistency. For those who continue to use our example of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, who said, no, this is important to me. This is a goal. In fact, you still remember when you went public with it, you maybe had not done it before, or you've not been at that start line in way too long. And you told a friend or a coworker, and then you felt accountable. There's a level of commitment just by simply saying, my goal, my target, my objective is to be at the finish line of the 2021 AJC Peachtree Road Race. But if I'm honest, it's not the goal or the target that you had or maybe have right now that is going to establish the consistency that's going to make this a lifestyle for you. So Mike, if it's not my intentions, maybe even my resolution, if it's not a goal or a target, what might it be? It's been said, and I believe very accurately, that consistency is born first and foremost out of habits. Outside of the intention, beyond the goal you've set, you must form the habit. And the only way you can form the habit is to put your schedule first and ensure this is in that schedule.
regardless of how many times per week, regardless of how many moments per time that you're in one of your exercise or running, walking sessions, if you don't have it captured and committed by your schedule, it is easy to have it fall off. And the inconsistency that plagues so many of us in so many areas of our life just makes it that much harder to stick with it. Schedule first, then determine what your intentions would be with this routine you are establishing or have established. Then set your goals and man, have so much fun going after them and celebrate the achievement of them when it happens. But first, consistency is dependent upon a habit formation that is dependent upon you putting your schedule first and ensuring that this is on it. Next, gradual increases. Gradual increases, we say, produce the greatest results. There's no reason, and we inherently know this, to launch on a big day on day number one or on a big day in week number three. Gradual increases, almost all of the training plans that you could find, and most of them now are out there for free, are going to give you a daily or weekly mileage total, perhaps for a few weeks. And then looking at it three weeks later, eight weeks later, 24 weeks later, you'll see this gradual progression, the number of moments, the number of miles, they increase that way. It's not just, well, I got to this benchmark today. I'm ready for a new benchmark tomorrow. Gradual increases produce the greatest results. We know those people who went too far or tried to do it too fast. And whether it was a lack of interest because of how they felt the next morning or worse, injury or discomfort that accompanied the big bite out of that apple that they took, it was what eliminated their ability to stay strong and to stick with it. Gradual increases produce the greatest results. We just talked about discomfort or injury. How do we know which it is? I can tell you that discomfort, a la soreness, most instances, that's a good thing. You're putting the work in. There's progress about you. Fear sore, perhaps achy, maybe even a little stiff or tight. And we could do a whole thing on dynamic and static stretching, but if it's tightness, soreness, a little bit of achiness, good for you. That'll go away. In fact, as you continue that gradual increase, it won't even happen. And you'll feel good about the progress you're making. However, stabbing pain, swelling, somewhere no sign of improvement in something that has been sore or worse for an extended period of time let's say three plus days or so perhaps you're injured and that's when you need to take it easy shut it down perhaps find alternative exercises perhaps even make your way to see a physician Yes, there is a difference between discomfort and injury. But things like stabbing pain and swelling and lack of improvement, unfortunately, that suggests it might be injury and that needs 
to be addressed in order to stick with it. So we refer to these two terms as mismatched roommates. They go together. In fact, they oftentimes live together for the individual who's using running or walking as a weight loss or weight management program. Mileage and metabolism oftentimes go together, especially in a running or walking routine, but they are mismatched. So just a couple of basics, 3,500 calories equates to one pound. Perfectly enough, the completion of one mile burns about 3,500 calories. And that's whether you're running or walking. And the reason that that's true, running assumes maybe greater effort where walking assumes a likely greater amount of time to achieve that same mile. So running or walking a mile, you burn about 3,500 calories. So now all of a sudden, if we think about, well, I'm going, I'm sorry, you're gonna burn 100 calories, getting ahead of myself, 100 calories for each mile that you run or walk, 3,500 calories is a pound. So whether you run or walk one mile, you would burn 100 calories. So the arithmetic is pretty simple and where I juxtaposed my term of 3,500, if you do 35 miles, you would burn 3,500 calories, 100 times 35. So you could say very easily then, Mike, that means I have to run or walk 35 miles to lose one pound. And you would be right if we just looked at the basics, that mathematical formula of one mile traveled on foot, 100 calories burned. One pound, its composition is 3,500 kcals or calories. So therefore, 3,500 divided by 100 equals 35. Do I need to travel 3,500 miles, Mike, in order to lose one pound? Here's the good news and why we say they're mismatched roommates. Thankfully, the answer is no. In fact, while I'm here standing doing this podcast, it is possible that I am burning more calories than someone right now in the heat hills and humidity of Atlanta, exercising while listening to this, running or walking, and yet I'm burning more calories than he or she is. And it's because of the fact that I have run consistently, I've made it a lifestyle. For 30 years, four plus days a week. And as a result, I've stoked that metabolic fire, week in and week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, and that metabolic fire burns more intensely at a higher and hotter rate than that person who, as this new month started, said, I'm going to start walking. And good for him or her, but it's only their third time. And they're going two miles, and so yes, they'll burn 200 calories. But once they're back at home, once they're back in the office or the car, that metabolism is not yet burning at the rate that mine is or others are. So it is all about the metabolic rate more than how many calories from the pedestrian active routine that you've put out there. Stoke that metabolic fire with 
consistency with those gradual increases that we just talked about. That's what makes the difference in a weight loss or weight management program. The metabolic rate burning more and more intensely as you go, as you commit to the consistency that's necessary. Next, speaking of necessary, you, my friends, are athletes. I know oftentimes you don't think about it that way. Heck, we tell our kids they are. We're so proud of them. We watch it on TV or perhaps in person at a level that suggests professional or near professional status. But you and me, we are athletes. Here's why I know that. First, keystone habits, running, walking, your fitness routine. My guess is it has impacted at least some choices in how you eat, when you get to sleep, how you spend some of your free time. The fact that running, walking, working out are keystone to other habits that come along, that makes us an athlete because we recognize that it's a more holistic approach. We can't just go out for a run or a walk four, five, six days a week and not be inspired or impacted in other ways that are just beneficial to us. Also, we talked about the importance of schedule, putting it first. That means if you've done that, that means if you're committing to do it where you take your schedule, you put this as a priority, you will see your productivity increase. And if this is a priority, I can tell you, you are thinking and behaving like an athlete of the utmost caliber. Productivity and priority are two terms that go so well together and they go with those of us who are athletes. Ties back to things like making sure your schedule is done in advance and that what's on that schedule gets done. Making sure that you have an understanding of considerations like what is that ridiculously good ride? How am I executing, maybe even advocating for that gradual increase? What else is part of what I'm doing now and regularly that makes this a keystone habit? And here's the last thing. And here's an area that oftentimes is not thought about, but why I can tell you that you too are an athlete. Whether this is new to you, your pedestrian active or fitness routine, or whether this is the continuation of something that has been long, important, and firmly established. There are others who have already come to you. There are those who are thinking, man, I should go ask him or her. It may be something simple like, hey, my knee's bothering me right here. Do you have any idea what that is? Or I'm thinking about signing up for Peachtree next year. I saw a news clip. Have you ever done it? What's it like if you have? For us, Big Peach Running Company, you can hear the term word of mouth. They come to you and say, I know I need better shoes than what I've got right now. Do you know where I could go? The point is this. You go from being an athlete to coach like that. Because people see you, they recognize that you've made this commitment, that you've started, and although you may not be perfect in it, you have something 
they want. And they're going to come to you to learn more. And all coaches know athletes. In this case, for them, you're the coach. And for you, my friends, you're the athlete. And it is an absolute pleasure to be an athlete with you. It's obviously an absolute pleasure to have your time. And I hope right now you're in the midst of a very satisfying workout, a run, or a walk. And although I will depart for now, like always, every two weeks, we will be back. It is our extreme privilege to be part of this pedestrian active journey with you, I hope. Today, this episode, getting started, staying strong and sticking with it, offered some help, but mostly some encouragement that we are all in this together and the best is yet to come. So with that, my friends, I simply say this, we certainly mean all that can be when we know this to be true, that our best miles are those covered on foot. So long, y'all.